1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey,
2: everybody, it's Dan, and this is our Wednesday slash Thursday edition of the Orange of Brown Talk podcast. We're going round table here to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. and the situation that is unfolding with him and the Cleveland Browns. So it's, like I said, four round tables. So it's Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Marie, Scott Patsco, Ashley Bastock, and me. And we go through all the things that could happen, that we think should happen. Uh, we cover all the bases uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns. Now, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, you've missed a bunch of texts from us. You've missed some newsletters from us. Uh, all sorts of stuff pertaining to Odell Beckham Jr. and beyond. So you want to get subscribed. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. I mentioned the texting. I mentioned the daily newsletter. But you also get access to those exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. So like I said, go to Cleveland.com slash Browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, get info and get signed up. Okay. Here we go. Our round table here on Odell Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns. And away we go here on our roundtable, reacting to all the Odell Beckham Jr. news of the last couple of days. And so with that in mind, Mary Kay, why don't you get us caught up on what happened? We're recording this on Wednesday night. What happened today and, and kind of where we're at right now?
3: Well, one of the first things that happened was that Odell Beckham Jr. was told to stay home, do not show up for practice after the events of yesterday, which, of course, all surrounded his father posting video of Baker Mayfield either missing Odell on throws or avoiding him or whatever the case may be. So uh, that thing kind of snowballed. Odell was told to stay home today. And basically the team was was told, you know, we're, we're, we're playing a football game. And we're moving on as though he really is not part of this football team. And there's a finality to it. I've been told that, um, that basically the negotiations and all the discussions uh, really involve how to end the whole Baker, I mean, the whole Odell Browns thing. Uh, so I really would, I really do believe that if that changes, that will be the surprise part of it. As it stands right now, Odell Beckham Jr. probably isn't going to be playing for the Cleveland Browns anymore. Um, And again, the only path forward is if he really absolutely apologizes to Baker Mayfield and to the Cleveland Browns and convinces them uh, that this was really orchestrated by his father, that he didn't have much to do with it, and that he stayed out of the fray and just kind of buried his head in the sand yesterday to stay away from it. That's what I see as the only way uh, that they can move forward from all of this.
2: So, Doug, I, I want to go to you first because as Mary Kay was talking, it, it kind of me. I heard, I actually heard you. Happened to hear you this morning. I was driving around. I heard you on doing a radio interview about all of this. And, and uh, Ashley, Mary Kay, and I talked about this too a little bit on the pod about whether this was salvageable. And this morning you kind of sounded like someone like who believed this could still work out. And I think we were sort of in agreement too that. Maybe there was a world where this could work out. Uh, So now it's, I don't know, it was probably 12, 11 or 12 hours later. What, what do you think now? Well,
4: what, what you guys have reported and what's been said, the idea that neither, especially that Kevin Stefanski, but neither Stefanski nor Baker has spoken with Odell surprises me a little bit. And I mean, I'm going to assume that it's not just the video, right? Because how could you get to this point just off the video? Right. But I, I am a little surprised that you, there doesn't seem to be that Kevin Sofancy didn't come in and say, listen, I talked to him. We're going to try to do this. Like, I just don't know the idea that the distraction is getting rid of the distraction is better for the team than trying to have, you know, his talents on the field surprises me a little bit. And it makes me wonder, like, well, is this more of a last straw kind of thing? And it's been building to this because how could this just be it? Because part of it, probably why it hurts a little bit, is that video, again, which we know, like, Odell's dad didn't make it. I mean, he just reposted the thing there's some stuff on there that's true. Right. Which is like, okay, there are some times when Baker doesn't throw him the ball when he looks pretty open and you makes you wonder like, well, why didn't he throw him the ball there? Now there's a lot of stuff in there. That's like, okay, well, I know why I didn't throw that. I know. I know why I didn't throw that, but it's at least, I think 20% legit. And so that it has turned into like, he's out unless he apologizes to Baker. I know it was like unusual But it seems a little extreme from the reaction standpoint to me without talking to the guy unless it's the accumulation, like the culmination of something. It can't just be this to me
2: because to me, this wouldn't be enough to end it. So when you're saying that, Doug, and and then Scott Nash, I want to get your thoughts on this too. But I just, one of the things that has stood out to me, and I think sometimes we do this when we see these things on, on social media, like somebody will tweet out an all 22 clip. And you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe that. I th- I think it's important to note that all those clips that they showed on that video, Brown's coaches in front office, they've all seen that stuff. They're all seeing that stuff. They've all they all know if, if the ball was supposed to go to Odell, they know it was supposed to go. Like they know all of that. The problem here is now someone went and someone related to Odell Beckham went and put it out there publicly and sort of put Baker on blast and and put the organization in a way on blast too. And, and that sort of changes it. So maybe if they're sitting behind the scenes saying, man, Baker is missing Odell wide open. Like, like they already knew that or or they're not very good at their jobs. So I, th- I think that's a big piece of it, but, but we can circle back to that point. Scott, we didn't get to talk to you yesterday on the podcast. I'm curious kind of what you thought as all this unfolded and, and then kind of into today.
0: Yeah. I guess I've come away from this with two two feelings. Number one, I agree with Doug that it isn't just the video that could have done this. I think part of it is the fact that we did not hear from Odell on social media. If he had come out and quickly posted on Instagram or whatever saying, you know, my father does not share my, I do not share my father's beliefs or something to that extent, then I think there's a route to moving forward. But that obviously didn't happen. And it's clear that that conversation behind the scenes didn't happen. Uh, so now knowing that, I guess I come away from this thinking he, he really wanted to be traded. And when he wasn't, that kind of led to conversations with Andrew Barry, whether it was him directly or through his representation and to, to the point where I'm sure the video came up and that's the point where you either back or don't. And, you know, obviously whatever was said meant, you know, led to him not being there. So I think the fact that he did not come out right away that we didn't hear from him at all was like step one in in ending this. And step two is just clearly not having that conversation behind the scenes. I mean, Baker and Stefanski both said they haven't talked to him. Um, So, yeah, I don't see how you move forward with this at all at this point. And I, look, it was, it would have been rough. It would have been hard to trade him. I mean, he makes too much money for what he's produced. He's coming off the injury. He's got a bum shoulder he hasn't produced at the level he's getting paid to produce in what, four or five years now. Um, who's going to, what are you going to get for that? So yeah, I'm not sure if you release him or what, but I, I agree that he's probably seen his last snap here.
2: So Ashley, what stood out to you today? As you were standing there listening to, well as we're standing there and they push Baker back after practice, Kevin comes out, we find out that, that Andrew was talking to Odell's reps and, And we hear from Baker after practice, what, what stood out to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, kind of piggybacking off of what Scott said, the first major thing I thought that really stood out to me in that Kevin Stefanski presser from this morning was when he said he hadn't talked to Odell yet. Like that to me was just so striking from knowing how he seems to approach this team and how important relationships are to him and all of that sort of stuff. So that was really, really striking. And then like you mentioned to moving the Baker press conference back, it just felt like this kept getting amped up throughout the day. Um, and I thought Baker handled his press conference fairly well. I thought he was fairly honest. Um, you know, he was able to get his side of this out there and we, we did get to hear from him. I thought pretty candidly, he said, you know, that they're, is a version of all of this in his mind where he thinks that it would be possible for him to forgive Odell for all of this. If, you know, a conversation was had and he made it known that he thought their communication was good up until this point. Um, So I thought overall by him, it was handled really well. But again, just the fact, like Scott said, that these conversations haven't happened behind the scenes was just so striking for me because I do think there's a reality of all this where Odell could have a feasible explanation for why he didn't post anything in defense of Baker on his own social media accounts, but to not have the conversations privately and people saying that that's striking.
2: Yeah. Mary Kay, I think that's for a coach that doesn't say a whole lot and only gives this information he wants to give us. And even Baker has gotten pretty good at that for both of them to just come out and say, we haven't talked to him and he hasn't talked to us. And it, so I, I think someone asked Kevin if he even, if, if he had tried to reach out to Odell and he didn't really even comment on that. But yeah, that, that was really kind of the, the telling thing today. And, and look, when your head coach, one of the first things he says is, well, Andrew Barry is talking to his representatives. And I even asked him like, well, like, what are they talking about? I mean, obviously, right. That, that kind of spells the end when somebody says that.
3: Yeah. I think the thing to note here is um, in all the reporting that I've done on this and all the phone calls that I've made and all the people that I've talked to uh, you know, just sort of behind the scenes uh, I'm fairly certain I can, uh, let me say, I can say with confidence that Odell's camp asked the Browns to try to trade him either. They asked them to try to trade him or they asked if they could have permission uh, to try to broker some kind of a trade. And so there were some discussions that took place on Tuesday, but it was kind of too late. I mean, it's really hard to put together some kind of creative NBA style trade where you're going to have to figure out money or draft picks and, you know, do something where you could actually make this work from a financial standpoint. Um, and there was one report that they had conversations with the saints, uh, for whatever reason, they couldn't make a deal work, but rest assured they asked for Odell to be traded. Okay. Um, and so then you move, then it doesn't happen, right? Where do you go from there when it doesn't happen? The next step then is for them to ask the Browns to release Odell. It's like, let's, Let's move on. Let's, let's get them out of here. Um, so when you get to that point, and if that really is, you know, what's happening uh, and uh, you know, a plan and exit strategy, then, you know, if, if that, at if that point, while that's going on, it might not make all that much sense for Odell to get on the phone and try to say something to Baker Mayfield or to try to talk to Kevin Stefanski because, They're still in, like, let's get him out of here mode. So what's he going to say? Hey.
4: It's not Odell's call to make though. Stefanski should call him.
3: Well, maybe he did. We we don't know if, if, you know, we don't know. I mean, I think that by that point, Kevin Stefanski, like, knew what was going on behind the scenes, which nobody has come out and said, look, they asked to be traded and they asked to release him. So while that's all going on, we're not having kumbaya conversations. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff isn't happening while they're trying to figure out the exit plan. So I think that's basically why things haven't happened. But having said that, I will say that, I, you know, I still do think that that there should have probably been some kind of reaching out from Odell to Baker based on the fact that his father posted this. And even if Odell needed to say, look, it's not working out between the two of us. And I think you'd be better off without me. And I think I'd be better off without you. And sorry about the way that it all went down yesterday. But, you know, I just think that maybe it would be best for everybody involved if we move on from this. You know, I mean, something. I think it required something just because, they really have worked so hard to try to get along off the field. They've worked hard to develop their chemistry on the field. And when your dad posts something like that, that bring that rains down the wrath of the world on your quarterback. I mean, when you've got LeBron James coming out and you've got Eric Metcalf and you've got, I mean, we could go on and on and on. Right. Um, I think that that would have been probably the right thing for him to do.
2: So I, I want to ask this before we, before we get into it so some of the options does anyone want to make the case maybe you don't even believe it but if you feel like you can make the case does anyone want to make the case for Odell Beckham still being a I don't even want to say still being a member of the Browns because there are options we'll get into where he's still a member of the Browns but for Odell Beckham playing a game for the Cleveland Browns again whether it's this Sunday or two weeks from now whatever does anybody want to make that case Hell yes. Oh, no, no. yes. Yes. I knew Doug would come through. Yes. So here
1: yes. we go, Doug. Yes.
4: He's still one of their better players. I'm sorry the quarterback's feelings got hurt. And, <laughs> and, and forgive that Baker would. Could Baker forgive him? NFL locker rooms, there are guys in the NFL getting checks every week who have done actual things wrong in society, mm-hmm. in the world. Odell's frustrated because he's not getting the ball. He's open a lot and he doesn't get the ball as much as he wants. He's frustrated. Everybody's frustrated, but they're not one in seven. It's fine. You're four and four. Work it out. Get in the room and work it out. <laughs> Come over to Kevin Stefanski's house. Go down in the game room, play foosball, pop some popcorn and work it out. I know that you're ticked. I know I hurt your feelings. We're millionaires. Let's get over it. Well, I, I, that's my call. That's the call I, as the head coach, would be making. Come over. I made a casserole. You're both coming over. Let's go. I I don't – why is it past the point of no return? And then the question that I have for everybody out there, the listeners and everybody here, are they a better team without Odell Beckham? And that encompasses everything. X and O, on the field, stressing defenses, in the locker room, culture, whatever. They're a better team. And listen, he's gone next year anyway. It's nine games. For the next nine games in the postseason, are they do they have a greater chance of winning games if he's gone? Or do they have a greater chance of winning games if you can suck it up? You don't have to be best friends. You guys don't like me. I still come on the podcast. You don't have to be best friends. Work it out and do your job. That's impossible. Like, we're past the point of no return. Because Just because they picked one of the sad REM songs, they should have picked one of the happy REM songs on the video. Everybody hurts gets to you, right? That's a little twist of the knife.
1: Every I had no, a, don't a- sing. Doug. please, no singing. <laughs> the end of Scott the world. Doug loves
0: Scott- R.E.M., by the way. Scott, there's a nice- whole podcast we recorded this morning that no one will ever hear where Doug
4: went on and on
0: about his love for art i have a
4: whole rem story i have a chipper jones rem story that'll blow your socks off and no one's ever gonna hear it because it was wasted (laughs) on the dead gotta watch the tape gotta watch the tape we will be back next week when this settles down Uh,
3: after after scott and ashley react to all that later on i'll give my case (laughs) i'll give my case so uh,
1: I, uh, I wanted to kind of say just like what we talked about yesterday, how I was like, I'm a big believer that these things are fairly fragile in terms of relationships and egos when you're dealing with pro football players, but at the same time I still don't think it takes that much to repair those things, I, I'm standing by I'm doubling down what I said when we recorded on Tuesday, Um And, you know, largely I was going to say, and I know Dan, you want to get into the options here later, but like if the option is between paying him not to show up and paying him and trying to make this work, I'll take the second one. That's, you know, I think that's better for everyone involved to try and make something work as long as, you know, he comes back and does the things he needs to do to maybe repair some of these relationships that maybe have been, slightly damaged or damaged in the process enough so that they can go out onto the field and play together. And it's not a huge distraction anymore.
0: So the uh, film study potluck or whatever that Doug was proposing, they, they do that, that can't happen because if it could, it would have already happened. Like, like Dan said, everybody in the building knows these issues exist and they work every day to try and solve them. And, it's not just the video. It had to be something else. It had to be whatever conversation Odell had, or his reps had with, with Andrew Barry had to be, had to come to some conclusion that resulted in them working thing, you know, trying to figure out how, how they move on and how they end this. So I don't think that can happen. It'd be great if it could, certainly you want as many good receivers as you can have on your team. Uh, But I, I don't, I think they're past that because of the fact that from what people said today and the fact that, you know, OBJ has been so silent, I mean, it's going to take a pretty big, I'm sorry, cake to, uh, to mend this. I don't think they make cakes that big.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: All right. So Mary Kay, what's your case?
3: Well, you know, I've been covering the NFL for so long and I have seen so many different things that have gone on. Uh, irreconcilable differences and and so many things it seems like you just can't go home again and you know what you can go home again I mean I think we should all go over uh for the film study potluck at Kevin Stefanski's mm. house he doesn't live too far from me we you know mm-hmm. I could be over there in like five minutes actually
2: I bet but, he's um, I bet he's really like good on the grill too
3: <laughs> yeah so um you know I've, I've seen way worse than this I mean like like Doug said This is, this is not bad at all. What I think happened is I think a group think occurred. Okay. I think the one target for six yards, you know, one catch for six yards in a 15, 10 loss to the Steelers was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. I think before that, that, um, that Odell, he had a great attitude. He was playing hurt. He was being the good soldier. I mean, remember for the before the Cardinals game, that was the big dramatic go out and you know see if he's going to you know play in the game with this big hurt shoulder and everything. And they were like all excited because he went out there and he played. I mean, that was what was happening. That was all real. I mean, he was he was taking one for the team, and and uh, and they were really happy with with him. And I just think that the one for six took on a life of its own. It just took on a life of its own and I think you could have easily come back from it. If dad hadn't posted the video. Okay. It's not great. I mean, we know, I mean, Baker's not connecting with Austin Hooper either. I mean, he's not, he's got six touchdown passes this season. He's hurt. The passing game is stalled right now. Nobody is eating at the trough of Brown's passing Arama. It's just not happening. So, um, I just think that it it just it just kind of snowballed and I do think that Odell, okay so here's the thing. okay, so they has to be traded, they has to be released. If the Browns pull a power play and they can and they probably will and if I were them I would say you're not going anywhere. We're gonna keep you right here and we're gonna sit your ass down and we'll pay you your money, but you're not playing anymore because, That was BS what happened there. If that's the power play that they are going to pull, that's the card they're going to play. Then if I'm Odell Beckham Jr., I fall on my sword. I fall on my knees. I said this on our video today. And I say, I can't control my father. I mean, he said what he said. You know, I was trying to be the good soldier. I just buried my head in the sand yesterday because... I didn't want to get involved. I didn't want to blow it up any further. I should have said something. I I mean, I I feel like he can say things to smooth things over. I
0: had to happen Tuesday night or Wednesday morning though.
3: Yeah, but there was still a, there was, you know, they were still on plan B at that point. You know what I mean? They were still on plan B where it was like, okay, now release me. Well, then when it becomes, no, we're not going to release you. Then you have to go into, OK, if the choice is sit his ass down or play him, then I think everybody has to find a way to get back into play him mode, because I think they are a better team with Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. They, they weren't even doing things with him that they should have been doing with him. Kevin Stefanski's right. He's not getting him the ball on reverses. Uh, they're not trying any gadget plays. They're being a little bit too conservative with Baker's shoulder injury right now, perhaps at times uh, I, I think there's better offense to come. And I think Odell can be an effective part of that. Even if he is a decoy, I mean, if you, you might as well get something out of your 8 million bucks, I mean, don't like why keep him around and, and not utilize him as a blocker or a decoy. Cause he can do that. I mean, he can do something. He can, he can run a reverse. So for so 50 yards. And when Can it I ain't. just can I
2: say this? Can I just <laughs> can I just yes. drop kick a grenade into this conversation?
3: Absolutely. Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this team is better with Odell Beckham in theory. But what, there's no evidence. There's no hard evidence. This te- And I and I believe having Odell Beckham is better for you than not having Odell Beckham. But there is no hard evidence out there that says this team plays better when Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field because they haven't since they didn't in 2019. They didn't in 2020. They haven't in 2021.
4: Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield have never played a game together in the Kevin Stefanski offense where the offense was functional and they were both healthy. Right. So if if you punt the Freddie Kitchens year, which Mary Kay has made that point several times, it's just it was dysfunction punt that year. That Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with this version of the Browns. Then the first half of last year, Baker's trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Then Baker figures it out in the second half. But Odell's hurt again. Do you think that's causational or coincidental? I'll still vote coincidental then the beginning of this year, Odell misses the first two games. And in the second game, Baker hurts his shoulder. So here we are, mm-hmm. and we don't know how much the shoulder affects Baker, but we assume it affects, it affects it somewhat. And that some of the throws he's not making, I believe are related to maybe him not believing he can he can make the throw the, knee he way, the way he needs to make it because of his shoulder. So here you are, you have another half of a season. And I do think Kevin Stefanski, has put them in an efficiency phone booth. A phone booth is a thing that you used to go to to make a call for anyone <laughs> listening who's under 25.
2: They're Ashley, so you know what a phone booth is.
1: I'm not <laughs> under 25. And yes. <laughs> so,
4: so I do think they're so, they emphasize being efficient so much. I think Baker is reluctant to take chances and not even like, like, anything that might be picked he's thrown one pick since he since the first two games which i like i'm pro interception too much and i know coaches hate that but sometimes especially if you're trying to get something to odell and it's like well is the safety edging over a little bit maybe but you could probably get it in there take the risk i think they've got to open up a little bit i think there's a way for everybody to work this out because i still think dan you're right is this is this a thing to say? Just wait, because wait, there's just,
2: just give me another pause there so I can clip that. Just oh, because there's wait. no evidence
4: of something being true doesn't mean it still can't be true. So I agree with you. There's no evidence of, of Odell Becker, Odell Becker making the Browns better, but I still think he could because I still think they haven't actually had the right situation yet. And they're not going to magically heal Baker's shoulder, but I think they can get better at figuring out a Baker game plan for Odell while he has the shoulder
0: issue, maybe. So I'm glad you brought this up, Dan, because I know there's people out there, fans out there saying, oh, they're getting rid of Odell? Good. They Look, look what they did last year without him, right? Good. They don't need him. But the thing about last year is that you you had Donovan Peoples-Jones like catching everything that was thrown to him. Not a lot of passes thrown to him, but he caught just about everything. He was He's pretty much the same guy this year, at least the last two games he played. So that's great. But Higgins, Higgins was like third in DVOA, the efficiency metric. Like almost everything he caught was like a first down, and he caught like 75% of his, the passes thrown his way. He's at like 60% this year. He hasn't been the same player at all. Kaderil Hodge caught 11 passes <laughs> last year. Every one of them was for a first down, like 17 yards a catch. Anthony Schwartz is in that spot now. You know, so the depth this year and the guy the way the guys further down the, the, the receiving uh depth chart are performing are not anywhere close to what they were last year. So if you move forward, you got DPJ and you got Jarvis Landry out there, then you got Higgins, who's been incredibly inconsistent. And behind that, as a, another deep threat, you have Anthony Schwartz, who's still trying to figure out how to be an NFL player. And behind that, who knows what you got? But Jamarcus Bradley. Um, I think. I think Jojo Nansen's on the practice squad. Yeah. So you're, it isn't exactly the same situation as last year. Plus tight ends and, and running backs are like dominating uh, the receiving side of this team this year. Last year, wide receivers were, had a much larger impact on this offense as far as like uh, EPA per target and just catches and targets in general. This, this year it's, you know, Kareem Hunt tied for the team lead in receptions. He hasn't played in two weeks. Um, and then you got a couple tight ends up there, so it's just a different, just a different situation this year that I'm not so sure is going to work as smoothly as it did last year uh, without Odell.
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, I 100% agree with Doug that just because it hasn't worked yet, I was very confident that those two were going to flourish and thrive together this year. Uh, I was very confident about that because I figured the second year in the system. Uh, Once the, you know, the lights had already gone on for Baker Mayfield, then Odell would just kind of slide in there. Well, the whole passing game is broken right now and it all needs to be tweaked and fixed and improved. And once they work through it, Odell should still be standing and should still be part of that. He's a dangerous and really good receiver and he still is that we see him make these plays in practice. He hasn't all of a sudden become a bad player. I mean, the passing game just is not working right, yet they're doing different things to defend Baker Mayfield, some of which includes, you know, hemming him in a little bit. uh, As we have mentioned on this podcast, Um, you know, he's not taking as many chances. They probably are being a little bit more conservative with him, in part because of the shoulder. I don't know if it's the shoulder or not, or if it's just the fact that he has been so ineffective, on passes of 20 yards or more that they're just not doing that as much. But I mean, there are ways to get Odell Beckham jr. The ball without a super low percentage deep ball. I mean, do something else with him. I mean, there are so many different things that you can do. Let's all put your heads together guys and find a way uh, to get the most out of him with yards after catch and screens and different things like that. But Uh, He's a dangerous, dangerous football player. And you have to account for him. Sometimes you're going to have to double team him. And when everybody comes back still, I still see a world and maybe I'm crazy. I still look out there and I think, geez, if you have Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb and Jarvis, a healthy Jarvis Landry and a healthier Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe a little bit of a healthier Baker Mayfield and everybody else that you have this is probably going to get better. It can't get any worse than six touchdown passes in seven games. It's going to get better. And when it does get better, everybody would benefit from having Odell on the field. And here's one thing that I would do. Who would be better to broker peace or broker a treaty than Jarvis Landry, his best friend, let Jarvis Landry get involved and say, you know what? Let's put this thing together. If they're not going to go over to Kevin Stefanski's house, they can go over to Jarvis's house. I think he lives like right next door to Odell. It wouldn't be hard for them to all get over there, play a little Call of Duty first. Um, But I think there's a way to make this okay if, if, okay, this is a big caveat. Of course, if the Browns were just going to release Odell Beckham Jr. out there into the world and let him go join the Chiefs, or the Ravens, or the Raiders, he'd probably love that. But I don't think the Browns want that to happen. So therefore, there, you know, the choices are going to be, you know, sit down. And then my other little one was put him on injured reserve, and you know, just say that shoulder just needs surgery or whatever. Um, but if the choices were going to be like sit down and do nothing, or get in the room and work it out. Get in the room and work it out. Seems like the best option to me. That's what I would do.
4: I think we might be at the point where everybody should just go to Mary Kay's house. Let's do that. (laughs) And let Mary Kay work this out.
3: But I I must say, and this is so true. I I said this on a pod before my, I have a neighbor that swears and he's right about this, that the only clean and nice part of my house is right here. And (laughs) And if we, and if we move the computer this way or that way, you'll all see the truth. (laughs) can't let that happen (laughs)
2: let let me throw out one more thing before we kind of go into those options that the Browns have if they don't want to bring Odell back and that is Kevin Stefanski's part in all of this um so Kevin Stefanski is in his second season maybe this kind of goes in the emotional podcast realm a Mm. little bit I don't know (laughs) he's in his second season I I. He's still kind of trying to establish that Kevin Stefanski culture. We saw how they handled the David Njoku situation. They basically said, look, David, you haven't been very good. We're not going to trade you. Do what we tell you to do. They worked through that. But maybe he's looking at this and saying, if I'm, I'm going to be here for 10 years and I can't establish, I can't let this happen where somebody gets unhappy and their dad goes on Instagram and posts a video that just blows up my quarterback. Again, I goes after everything, right. goes after the Browns goes after Baker Mayfield. I mean, it wasn't just Baker. It was, it was the Browns too. Brings LeBron into the mix, brings Dame Lillard into the mix, brings every you got RG three out there commenting about how the Browns are ruining Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Dwayne Bowe.
2: Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne Bowe. (laughs) You know, Odell Beckham has this national army of fans. Like the Cleveland fans, if he pisses off Browns fans, it doesn't matter to Odell Beckham Jr. Because there's a million just random Odell Beckham Jr. Instagram accounts out there that post every picture that's ever taken of him. Maybe Kevin Stefanski, there's a part of this where he has to say, I just can't let this happen. And it might cost us some football games, and it might cost me a playoff win or two but I can't let this happen. I can't, if I want this to be a sustainable, if I want people to know what the Cleveland Browns stand for, and I'm going to be here for 10 years, I can't let this happen. And we need to take a stand on this. And what is, is this the again first coach to do that? This, what, what is this again? Exactly. What is this, this, I is can't your let wide fam- receivers. This is your wide I can't receivers. Let dad. Players, family
4: members post Instagram videos. That's where
2: I draw the line. I'm not so sure. Wait, 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 Doug. Wait, you can't just say Instagram videos. You have to say, I can't let players, family members post Instagram videos on the day of the trade deadline that undermine my quarterback, undermine my organization and leave them up. It's we're recording this at 816 on Wednesday. It's still up. And he's going in the comments, agreeing with people who are killing Baker Mayfield. So you've got to include that. You've got to include all of that that I just said, too.
4: Bill Belichick would have cut him yesterday, right? Right. That is not the only way to do it. And I am not so sure if you want to be the head coach of the Browns for 10 years, that you might not be more concerned with making it look like you drove a superstar out of town. Now I'm not saying that's what he did, but if LeBron James is coming after you and Dame Lillard's coming after you and OBJ is unhappy, I'm not so sure that's not a worse scenario. Like, do you think Kevin Stefanski is going to lose respect in the locker room? Because guys in the locker room are going to be like, man, Odell's dad posted that Instagram video that did all those things you said they did. And and Kevin didn't do anything. He's a pushover. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Like, is he going to lose the locker room Mm -mm. if he doesn't stand up to Odell Beckham Jr.? Or in this era... Is it not more dangerous that it makes it look like you can't deal with high profile, high talent, high ego superstars? That's what I think is the bigger issue. Odell, I wrote a couple years ago, like Odell is like an artist, right? You can't, it's like, oh, well, Odell didn't fall in line. If Odell fell in line like Rashard Higgins, he wouldn't be Odell. That's how people like that are. They, they operate on a, in a different way and it's part of the greatness and it's part of the annoyance. And you can't pick and choose. you got to take the whole package. This is part of the Odell package and there's more good than bad. And if you're going to be a coach in the modern NFL, I think you have to navigate that more than you have to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to tolerate it. Bill Belichick came from a different era. I'm not so sure that that's how you have to go about it these days.
3: And, you know, the other thing, I think, I think that Kevin Stefanski didn't just fall off the, the turnip truck. I mean, he's been around <laughs> a lot of mercurial players in his career. I mean, this is, you know, once again, he's seen it all for the most part. Uh, so this is not something that is completely rattling him. I mean, he's not going to completely lose sleep over this tonight. This is, Uh, a receiver imagine that a receiver that wants the ball more (laughs) Kevin Stefanski's never experienced anything like that before has he I mean pretty sure a pretty good receiver wanted to be traded away from Kevin Stefanski within the last couple of years in Minnesota
2: and that receiver is in Buffalo and no longer in Minnesota right and Minnesota I'm just am I on an island here
1: I mean, yeah, I kind of, I'm sorry to tell you, I kind of agree with Doug. Like I I do think there is a lot to gain by him repairing this. I mean, that's the whole concept of like a player's coach kind of largely, right? Like they're not going to be a hardcore disciplinarian on every single thing. And I mean, like Mary Kay has said before, I don't remember if this was today's pod or yesterday's, but you know, OBJ does have that kind of fallback of saying it was my dad and like, I'm sorry for how all this played out. And I made a mistake. Like there is still a way for him to go about this. And I think if he goes about it the right way and you think he can still help your team, then like to not have him there out of spite, essentially doesn't help anybody. And I think there are certain people who, if he did go about it the right way and certain players, you know, there'd be a version of this where players lose respect for him that way. You know, I just don't see him, quote-unquote, losing the locker room if they let Odell Beckham Jr. come back, if things are handled correctly,
0: I guess. I think you all are crazy. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns, not Odell Beckham Jr. of the New York Giants. He is not a superstar. He's a superstar in name, but what he's done here certainly hasn't risen to the level of superstar. And he's like a boxer who keeps retiring and coming back. It's like, you know, he's going to get it. He's going to get it back. He's still got a little left, and we – When have we seen that? We saw that against what the Cowboys last year, Uh, maybe the Bengals. I just, everybody is dealing with him in terms of uh, perception and that potential. That's just a dangling out there like a carrot and everybody's chasing that. And it hasn't happened yet. I I don't, there's no reason to believe it's going to happen if, if they reconciled and brought him back. I, He's not the same player. I mean, when was the last time we made a Pro Bowl? Um, what 2016, I think. Maybe, maybe before that. I don't know. But so, so you think the Browns the are? A, you think the Browns have a chance,
4: have a better chance of winning more games in the last nine games of the season if he's not
0: here?
2: I, is he going to get? Is he going to get again? He's,
0: he, he is obviously one of the best receivers, talent wise, on this team but we're not just talking about that. We're talking about having know. to get past what has happened. I don't, I don't know. They played the first couple of games without him. I mean, they played Kansas city without him and the offense looked all right. Uh, I don't think he makes that much of an impact to think that you have to over, you know, turn over every stone to try to make this work. I think this is, this is a way to end it. This is a way to move on. And I, I think they should.
3: You know, I I think that Odell hasn't been himself for a number of reasons, including the fact that he missed, you know, all of most of last season with the torn ACL. So we haven't really seen the real full Odell yet this year. He's been injured this year, too. I think it's been injuries. Uh, I still I still think he's the same player that he always was. I think he just hasn't been. Uh, I just don't think he's been healthy. I mean, he's so somehow. What,
2: what what if he's not going to be healthy again? Yeah, but isn't this essentially what we were talking about
1: earlier? Though, like, you throw out the Freddie Kitchen's year, you have to throw out last year because of the ACL. It wasn't a full sample size, and now this year is not a full sample size, and he's hurt. Like, I do think just like kind of like what I wrote about the offense as a whole. Like, you you can't ignore the injuries either. Like, they they are playing a factor in it. But I I understand there's no way to know for sure, but. At the same time, it's not like he just hit a plateau or something for no reason. Like, there's been a reason each year, and we kind of already hit on all those, I think, pretty nicely.
3: And, you know, Dan, to your point about Kevin Stefanski and trying to – I see where you're – I definitely see where you're going with that. But I actually think the person that would need to stand his ground a little bit more on on an issue like this – would be Andrew Barry more so than Kevin Stefanski losing the locker room because the players love Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he is a great teammate and he's a friend and he's, he's a cool guy and he's not perceived in any way, shape, or form in the locker room as, as selfish or me first or anything. Those guys love him. I mean, they're uh, so, so he wouldn't lose the locker room. But what could happen is, I think it's Andrew Barry that needs to establish, you can't, you know, you can't stomp your feet and get out of town. You can't ask for a trade and get out of town. We are going to be the ones that are in control. You're not going to tell us how to handle you. So that's what he did with David. That's, you know, when David Njoku acted up, that's, you know, that's who kind of just basically said, no, you're not, we're not trading you. And you're going to stick around here and you're going to make this work. So I think it's Andrew Barry that has to show as a second year GM, how he's going to handle agents and players and controversy. And, you know, so I think that's where he at least has, you know, he can't, I mean, what would happen if he, he was like, okay, we'll see, you know, you should go somewhere else where you can be happy, run along. And then he goes and plays for the chiefs, comes back connects well with Patrick Mahomes and kicks the Browns ass in the AFC championship game. Like he can't let that happen. So I think there's a strategy involved here.
2: Okay. We're coming up here on about 45 minutes. It has been a long day for all of us. We're going to do this. How do we think this plays out? Call your shot. What, what do you think? What do you think happens here? Now, now there's some, some complications it's, it's really unclear, like, if the Browns did this, could Odell Beckham file a grievance? Mm-hmm. Will J.C. Tretter be going into Kevin Stefanski's office and saying, hey, you're not allowed to do this to Odell Beckham? You know what right. I mean? Like, there's some things that, there's some domino effect things that, that maybe could happen um, that are a little bit unclear right now if the Browns made certain decisions um, with Odell. But I, I guess I'm curious how each of you think this ends.
4: Can I do what I normally do on this podcast, which is ask Mary Kay a question about facts before yes. I form my opinion? Mary Kay, could the Browns, de- if, they, if the Browns put him on IR and said he has a legit shoulder thing, he's on IR for the rest of the year. Could Odell contest that? Or is that the Browns decision? Because there is at least something legitimate there.
3: Um,
2: could he is, is, see? Could that be a grievance
3: situation? Yeah, he, he probably could contest that. I would think that if that happened, that they would have come to some kind of an agreement where that is sort of a graceful exit for everyone that they could say he's hurt. He's got torn ligaments in the shoulder and he he's going to have some surgery on this thing. Let's shut him down. I mean, that that's, it's one, it's one way to go, but I mean, he probably could have a, a grievance about that, but. You Know, I, I would think that it was something that they would work out ahead of time.
4: And if they don't do that, can they just tell him, Stay home, we'll pay you, but don't come in anymore? Can they do that, or would that be a grievance issue?
2: <laughs> that's kind of another
3: thing. I think that is, that is a grievance issue because I think he still has to come in every day and go Which to work.
2: I, I believe, is what well, I, I don't know. I'd have to. I, I, I think that's what that. Desha- Desha- I, think, I think Deshaun yeah. Watson has been coming to work.
3: Yes. So okay. he, he would have to come to work. So they would have to try to figure out, you know, is it worth having the specter of Odell Beckham Jr. Hanging around and being there and being a distraction and still being asked about and still being, you know, part of things, you know, I mean, I don't think that would be worth it. I mean, if, if you're going to have him in the building, then get his ass out on the field and make him block for Jarvis Landry.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could leave him inactive right on Sundays that that's that's something you, you could do but that's a whole nother layer
4: <laughs> all right Thank Dan you. you go first Dan you have a particular view of this what do you think is going to okay. happen what do I what do I think your prediction is happen? your prediction this is your prediction because whatever you predict I'm going to predict the opposite I'm just kidding <laughs> I, I don't but think I want to gonna... hear what you think
2: I'll, I'll say I don't think we see Odell Beckham in a Browns uniform again I haven't decided what that looks like because I do think there's a real fear of the teams that would maybe want to sign him are teams that are a still on your schedule and b teams that you're going to be jostling with for playoff position whether it's the Ravens or the Patriots or the the Raiders, um, the Chiefs even well whoever it is, um, I uh, that's got to be in the back of the Browns' minds at least a little bit, um, but I. I don't think he's going to be on the field again in a Browns uniform. So your prediction and, and honestly, has to, so is I'll he be going to play for sense. somebody else or no? My, my initial sense, this I'll just go with this. My gut feeling today after Kevin Stefanski talked was he's gone and that's just a gut feeling. But he goes and he,
4: they cut him and he he plays for another he'll team. End up, this year. He'll
2: end up somewhere else. Yes.
4: So you think they will let him go be a Raven or a chief this year?
2: Yes. Okay. They might not love it, but I, I think it'll ultimately
0: come to that. Didn't the Cavs make J.R. Smith stay home a few years, like a handful of years soup? ago when he was on the team? Yeah,
1: it was, It was yes. It was like the first year after LeBron left.
0: Yeah, he, he must have loved that because he stayed home and you he never heard anything about him. Uh, I saw him at Crocker Park one night when he was doing that,
4: by the way. <laughs> did, he throw, did he throw soup at you? No, I, I didn't bother him. I almost, <laughs> I, do, I
2: do just want to say, I'm also, I'm also basing that a little bit. Like when, when a coach says the GM is talking to a player's representatives that doesn't scream, this guy's walking back in the door anytime soon.
3: And I mean, the, yeah. the way that it was, you know, like I said, in in talking to enough people today, uh, the way that it was put to me is it's basically over and they're just trying to figure out how it ends. And I don't know exactly how it ends. I, I don't know, but unless something unforeseen happens, and stranger things have happened, but unless that sort of little miracle thing happens, I don't think he'll be playing for the Browns again. Hmm.
1: All right, <laughs> Ashley, I'll you say, were Just about I'll, to say something. Oh god, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say mine. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to play here again, but I'll take it a step further. I don't think he's going to be playing for another team this year either. I think what's more likely to me with everything we know right now, today, Wednesday night at 8.30 PM uh, is that they find one of these workarounds that we've been talking about that they, you know, we don't see him again, but he's not on another
0: team. Okay. Okay. I I, it, I I agree that he will not be playing again for the Browns. And look, if they get if they release him, he ends up on someone else's team. I mean, it's going to happen next year, anyways, right? If uh, if you keep him for the end of the year, and he he's going to sign. I mean, Antonio Brown's in this league, and a bunch of guys who have forced their way out. He's going to get another opportunity. People will snatch him up. But I mean, I don't know. Who cares if he goes and plays for another team this year? He'll be playing <laughs> for somebody that, next though? year.
4: you you're okay with it if he's playing for Baltimore in the double header around the bye. In a month, you're and you, he's he's gonna be if he's Lamar Jackson's number one receiver in that game, you're gonna say, ah, oh, well, stuff happens. You're fine hey, with that.
0: I'm fine if Lamar Jackson's the quarterback throwing to him. I oh, like this guy with me. I actually, I, I
2: actually think Odell would be a great fit with Lamar, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think those two would be a great fit together.
4: I like this riled up Scott Patsco. He gives zero <laughs> about anything. I right, let him go, let him go be a Raven. I don't care. So I don't, I don't think the Browns want that. I'd rather do, I agree with Ashley, you do something and you know what, like whatever, the grievance, okay, then do the thing. They do a grievance, the grievance, whatever. And then you get through the year. And if you got to pay him, I mean, you pay him the whole thing. I don't know who cares about the money. It's Jimmy Haslam's money. He's fine. And then I do think Then I think the second part of it is like, well, what happens to the Browns? I would do whatever it takes to keep them. I think they should, get in a room and try to figure it out. I actually think what happens is Kevin Stefanski is in the Browns offices right now. He's getting ready to get in his car and drive home. You know, this podcast goes up. When he leaves that building, the plan is Odell Beckham is never going to be a Brown again. Then he listens to the Orange Brown Talk podcast and he's swayed and he goes to buy a casserole dish and the rest is history and it's salvaged. So I does think he, that's on the table.
1: Does he then change his route to go to Mary Kay's house? Like we he said, goes, before?
4: he gets Mary Kay in the car. They go to Jarvis's house, they go get the ingredients for the casserole, and they call Odell, and they call Baker. So I do think I would just rather do that. Like, he's not here, we're paying you, there's a grievance, whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. But I think it's worth it keeping him away from the other teams you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. And then, like, do the, is it a rallying effect? That's the one thing I don't know, Mary Kay, is, like, is this – So so the other thing I just want to say before the end of this is I think in Cleveland, especially with the Browns, we're used to the idea of something like this happens and it tears the franchise apart, but this is not Hugh and Sashi, right? This is not hatred. This is not people trying to sabotage each other, right? This is, I think this is mostly the situation. I don't think it's Odell's fault. I don't think it's Baker's fault. I don't think it's Kevin's fault. They inherited this receiver when they got here. Is he a perfect fit? No, let's try to make it work. Ah, man, everyone keeps getting injured. This stinks. Wow. Baker missed that throw. That stinks. Hey, let's try. And it just stinks. But I don't think there's anybody that has to be blamed here. So I also think when it if it does end and everyone's kind of agreeing, he's not going to play for the Browns anymore. I think they can move on and just kind of chalk it up like, well, that's stunk but I don't think it says anything fundamental. I don't think this is a sign of Brown's dysfunction. No. Right. Which is usually when we have stuff like this, and Mary Kay, you know this better than anybody. Often then people automatically leap to, well, this happened, it's a sign of something with ownership or the front office or coaching. I don't think anybody believes that here. It just stinks. And I do think they will be able to move on.
3: Oh, absolutely. This is definitely not a sign of systemic dysfunction. Uh, those days are over, but I mean, you're going to have situations, you're going to have situations like this. Every team goes through things like this. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you can have the most stable, solid organization and you will have situations like this. Uh, so it's it's definitely not that. Uh, I do think that um, it just has a lot to do with the fact that the the passing game And I, I mean, I, I can only say it like this. It's broken right now and it just, it needs to be fixed. And it seems like, you know, I mean, let's put it this way. If Baker Mayfield had 24 touchdown passes right now and everybody was doing great and thriving and Odell was getting one target, one catch for six shards, then it'd be like, Oh, that's really weird. Well, nobody is succeeding. I mean, The receivers have three touchdown catches. One of them was a Hail Mary. There have been two normal in the course of play touchdown passes to receivers this season. It's going to get fixed. Just Everybody just kind of chill out. It's probably going to get better.
2: Yeah, Kareem Hunt is still your tied for the team lead in receptions. (laughs) And he's missed the last two games. I'll say this to your point, Doug. I think this group, this front office, this coach, they're kind of built to deal with whatever happens here. And kind of this weird little functional thing they did today was when we showed up, everybody showed up at 11 o'clock to do interviews, and we thought, oh, Baker's going to talk to us here soon. They gave us Blake Hance, who, of course, we're not going to ask Blake Hans about Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, who says nothing. They moved Baker back to after practice, and they allowed Kevin Stefanski to be the first voice that we really heard about Odell Beckham. That's a very small functional thing that they did. And obviously in normal times, they might not be able to do something like that, but um, that was a very functional organizational thing they did to just sort of control the message today and make sure that the first voice we really heard talk about this was the head coach's voice. And I thought he handled it well. I thought Baker handled it well. How we got here. I don't know how Odell's handled it, but Odell has been quiet. (laughs) So you know, I think to this point, he sort of has let things play out. So I, I guess he's sort of handled it well. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens here over the next few days. Anybody have anything else to add here before we go?
4: Let me say this for 15 seconds. I hope that Browns fans don't turn on Odell Beckham on his way out, because I think it is fair to wish him the best. I would not If I were the Browns organization, wish him the best as a Baltimore Raven this season. But he came here with high hopes, and it has been three rough years. Injury-wise, the coaching changes. We talk all the time about the offensive coordinators and coaches that Baker went through. Listen, Odell went through a lot of those changes, too. This is not how it went. And, And of course, he's frustrated. I think he's reasonably frustrated. And did he show it in a way that wasn't productive? I guess his dad did, right? But I don't think to me, this is not a this guy blew up the organization and on his way out of town. I get where he's coming from. I completely get where he's coming from. And so I think he's tried his best here and it unfortunately hasn't worked. So I just would if there's anybody who's super angry at Odell, I would just maybe say, take a second and think about what it's been like for him. And I hope he has good luck with wherever he winds up next year, I just hope it doesn't mean, you know, taking the Browns out of the playoff race while they're
0: still paying him. Everybody hurts.
4: <laughs> Everybody oh, hurts. All right. you just, Dan, you can do the exit and I'll just
2: sing us out. <laughs> Our surprise round table edition here on the Odell Beckham situation. <laughs> it's it's uh, ever changing. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to drop this right after we report it. We'll see how long it's relevant for. Um, here on the Orange mm-hmm. Brown Talk Podcast. If you're not a football insider subscriber, I don't know what you're doing. You missed a bunch of great texts today. Uh, you missed newsletters, you're missing exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash browns. So click that blue banner on Cleveland.com slash browns and get info and, and get signed up. And make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, leave us five-star reviews, all that good stuff. I guess we'll be back with our pick spot here not too long from now. So everybody start getting your predictions ready to go. Ashley, we'll have to fill you in on how to do that here. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for Ashley, Mary Kay, Scott, and Doug, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.